Swing and a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And gone. And they are the city of champions again. Edmonton Eskimos. Great coaches. McDavid set up by Drysaddle. Another breakaway. This time, he wins it. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carrius Show. And a good morning to you on uh, Seoul 7 for us, September 13th. Uh, 13 degrees in the capital region, looking for a high of about 20 today. Uh, uh, the Duke of Delburn there scared me with a little bit with that uh, raindrops. I thought you were changing the intro for a little bit. Uh, kind of got the heart rate up a little bit, Duke. You were uh, going into the archives for that one. I just had to make sure we rolled over hard onto the top of the hour first. Yes. Just tease everybody with a little raindrops, uh, some Barry Allen to get us going. But no, back to the uh, the regular intro. We'll uh, we'll try and keep the intro mixed up, uh, keep it as fresh as possible. Uh, uh, almost new one, yeah. kind of every few days or something. For sure. Looks sounds cool. Uh, well, so good morning, everyone. Uh, lots to talk about today for sure. Um, I think everyone was talking about. Uh, Mike Babcock and Paul Bissonnette yesterday. I don't think the two of them are going out for coffee this morning. Probably not. Uh, we will probably delve into that a lot more during our 9 o'clock hour when we have uh, our co-host, former NHLer, David Schlemko in. Uh, David, former teammate of Paul Bissonnette. But, man, you cannot have two guys with further uh, that are further apart in their stances here. Um, Paul Bissonnette said what he said about um, pictures and this and that and privacy and everything in that sense. And then it was responded by uh, Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner. And then actually closer last night around supper time, I think later in the day was uh, Johnny Gaudreau because the, uh, there's some meetings in uh, Vegas or I think it's Vegas. Yeah. Or is it uh, Arizona or Vegas? Yeah. It's Vegas, isn't it? Vegas. Yeah. For yeah. the uh, like media day. Media, for some so specific all players that stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Johnny Gaudreau kind of addressed the fact that, you know, I, I mean, what is what are these guys going to say? I mean, they have to say all this stuff, but man, uh, you cannot have uh, two parties further apart on everything. So, if you got a text uh, uh, comment on that, send us send us a text at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Again, we'll delve into that a little more on the nine o'clock hour when uh, David Schlemko comes in, and David Schlemko's coming in now for Cougar Paint and Collision, and uh, that's an exciting. Uh, Venture as well. Uh, did you catch a little bit of the Jays last night, Duke? Unfortunately, I caught yes, all of it. Yeah, caught all and, of and it. And that is unfortunate because they are just continue to frustrate and make um, those of us that spend our valuable time watching them feel uh, <laughs> like we're coming away empty-handed and, you know, left wanting more almost any given night. So, disappointing. <laughs> um, disappointing, to say the least. This day, how about this? Uh, this day in sports history, I was looking at that this morning, 1909, Ty Cobb wrapped up the American League home run title with his ninth home run of the season. They were all inside the Parkers. So to put that into perspective, Ty Cobb in 1909 had nine inside the park home runs. Vladimir Guerrero has 21 home runs. Uh, pretty disappointing for Vladimir Guerrero. Last night, but, well, the last two games against Texas, they've lost them both. Vladimir Guerrero Don, uh, and Bo Bichette, 0 for 16. 
Not good. Uh, 1-833-401-1440. This one comes in. Uh, hey, Carius. Uh, can you let your audience know what it is like to be on the B-wall in the Edmonton Rotisserie Fantasy Baseball League? Well, yeah, what is it like? It sucks is what it is. Having said that, uh, I know this is probably coming from someone in the league, I would imagine. Uh, just check the championships in the last seven or eight years. I believe there's... Uh, four or three or four and should have been maybe five birds championships so you know cut a guy some slack uh texter money three three four zero one fourteen forty man they're coming in pretty good uh morning kevin my astros are also sucking royally again can't seem to beat the easy teams that's norman a combine yeah and the jays again now they would be i think six games a uh, below 500 against teams that are 500 and over. Uh, not good for Toronto. We will uh, check in with Jesse Rogers from ESPN at 7:20 to talk about the wild card races. He's based out of Chicago, uh, but he will focus a little bit on the Jays and the American League as well. But we'll look at the Cubs in the National League too. Um, I was looking at uh, the Oilers' uh, uh, list for the. Rookie camp coming up. You were asking about it yesterday, Duke. Where's all? The, where's the list? I can't find anything. How come they're not sending anything? So that list came out yesterday. So the Oilers will be getting going. Uh, when do they get going? I guess it's at the end of the week. They have the games. They've got three, four games, three games, sorry. The first game's Friday, uh, and that's against Winnipeg. Then they'll play Saturday against Calgary. And then they wrap things up Monday with an afternoon game against uh, Vancouver. So it all goes down. It's the, you know, the Young Stars, they call it. Young Stars Classics, September 15th to the 18th in Penticton. So uh, today, uh, the players will have medicals and fitness testing here. Uh, and then the team departs to Penticton. So uh, we'll be uh, checking in with that. We'll be talking with uh, Mark Spector at 8 o'clock about all that. You know, it, it, I thought of a, um, and we, I thought about this a long time ago, uh, Duke, and I'm going to throw it at you. And it's a, it's a tough question. Uh, just because players bounce around so much in the NHL, who would you say are the top two Edmonton Oilers of all time? So all time, go back all the way to the beginning, 79. If you want to count the WHA days, go ahead. Actually I, you can, but I didn't really look into that, but all time, the two players that have had the best NHL careers, present company included. So you can't count guys like Connor, Leon, Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse. Players that have played their entire career in Edmonton. Who would you say all time the top two players are? So if you think you've got a suggestion, you can fire us off a text, one 401 Again, not present company included so the current guys don't count so you kind of got to get back a little bit later you know you got to go back into the day uh, one is a little bit obvious because it's kind of recent but it uh, kind of evokes uh, the thought process about what's going on uh, who it is who it could be but you got to go back because there's not a lot of guys. Someone has gone on to play somewhere else. Someone came from somewhere else. Um, texture comes in. Hey, folks, back from the old TSN show. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, we are happy to have you. 
Uh, Ian sends, I need my 200 bucks from the Jays or my wife will not be happy. Hmm. Well, probably not. She's not going to be. My wife, oh, that's that bet. That, that was coming. Uh, do you remember last week, Duke? That was the text that the guy was saying, my wife and I are having a kid in October and I am a diehard Jays fan. I have a $200 bet that I will have a boy or the Jays make the playoffs. I win 400 if I'm right about both. So, yeah, I need my 200 bucks from the Jays, yeah. Uh, man, they're in a rough shape. Uh, what else, Duke? We were talking about... Um, NFL Fields yesterday. Remember, we talked a little bit about uh, how the NFL Fields and everything, and so that came out this morning. Uh, the fact that the NA, NFLPA executive director uh, has said that for NFL field services, the players want all natural grass. Overwhelmingly prefer it. That is clear. Well, it's pretty simple that everyone kind of knew that. Now it just comes to the point where they have to get all the stadiums in that uh well, I mean, it's it's not a lot of it's not easy to do it. I mean, you have to. It takes a little work to do it, but I'm sure that that's what'll happen in the next little bit. Did, did you remember uh, Bill Spaceman Lee, Duke? That name means absolutely nothing. You're to me, kidding. Kevin. Okay, Bill Spaceman Lee used to pitch for the Montreal Expos, pitched for Boston the Red Sox. Um, he was out there. The spaceman was out there, and back when he pitched in the '70s and '80s. He was asked, uh, hey, Spaceman, what do you prefer, uh, natural grass or artificial turf? And the Spaceman said, I don't know. I've never smoked artificial turf. <laughs> so, I mean, that guy, there's a, a movie out about that guy. Uh, real good movie. I mean, this guy, Spaceman, was, he's just a legend. Well, the nickname like Spaceman, I think that, uh, that answer fits the bill pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Norman, a combine goes, only low tide would remember the spaceman. Well, you know, there's a real good documentary. I think it was a CBC documentary. It's pretty good. All right, man in the Crocs, and this ain't me, uh, has figured out one of the top two, I believe, players that have only played for the Oilers, present company included, that would be the best Oilers of all time, and that would be Oscar Clefbaum. I think that's fair to say. Uh, unfortunately, career cut short. But Oscar Clefbaum would be one of the two. If you can, the second one's a lot harder to figure out, I think. And and I mean, it's all personal preference. It's not exactly written in stone. There's never been a survey or anything on this. But I think uh, it's probably if you were to look at the top three, maybe there's another one in there. I don't know. Uh, if you can figure it out or you have an opinion, send us a text at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You said something about your buddy David Schneider last night, didn't you? Well, yeah, this guy is continuing to set this league on fire. He, out of nowhere, the guy's like no taller than I am, arms like whiskey barrels on him, and, <laughs> and can just see, like, hits at will uh, most of the time. Uh, he's had a, a rough stretch here or there, but no matter what he does, the rest of this Jays team just can't rally around the fact that they're catching lightning in a bottle with this, what is he, a s- way late round draft pick? I can't even remember oh, exactly what 20s, round. Yeah, yeah so, so like a, a write-off of a player, uh, a ter- tremendous story. We remember when he first made his debut, hitting a home run in his, mm-hmm. his first uh, first big league game and a great first series against the Red Sox. It, it's, it just goes back to what I said right off the top. It's so frustrating that this Jays team has so many good things going for them. The pitching's been so good all year. Uh, you have a guy like David Schneider, a bunch of these other call-ups are playing so well. And these guys that are supposed to be your backbone of your team can't 
can't do anything. Like it's, uh, Bichette coming back <laughs> off the injury, um, I'll cut him a little more slack because he really buoyed the offense for the majority of this season. But but Guerrero Jr. is really the epitome of of where I think a yes. lot of Jays fans' frustrations lie. He, I mean, he just has no sniff at the plate. Um, David Schneider, 1.315 OPS. So uh, OPS is on-base plus slugging. So that is, uh, you calculate by adding the on-base percentage to their slugging percentage. So uh, David Schneider had a home run last night. So 1.315 OPS since 1901 through Major League Baseball's first 25 career games. That's the highest. David Schneider has the highest OPS, 1.315 since 1901 through his first 25 career games. That's crazy numbers. Uh, those are video game numbers. All right, so uh, we talk, talked about it off the top. We're going to have a Jesse Rogers from ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball. We'll talk about wild card races. We'll talk a little bit about the Cubs. Uh, White Sox, uh, again, he's based out of Chicago. White Sox just, I mean, that is a, a franchise in total disarray. Got rid of all their pitchers. Uh, Tim Anderson is terrible. Um, it's, that's He's just having a terrible season. One home run. Uh, Matt Mervis is another guy that came up from the, here's the, like the Cubs are an interesting story and uh, I'm sure Speck will be listening to this the fact that he's the biggest Cubs fan in town but um, the Cubs were in a rebuilding mode they were bringing up guys like Matt Mervis they were bringing up some younger guys but they ended up putting some things together and now they're in the thick of a wild card race that's coming up at 7.20 excited for our 7.40 guest uh, Duke Dean Faithful we were talking about him on Monday He's kind of an internet sensation. This is something the league needs, the CFL needs. You saw his kick win the game for the Elks against the Calgary Stampeders Saturday night at Commonwealth Stadium. And then you saw the reaction. You saw the Queen's wave. I think Barty called, corrected me, called it the King's wave, but it is the Queen's wave. Um Global players are hard to find. They're hard. Um, they're hard to put into a team that where they can contribute. And but I mean that was pretty solid. So we're gonna have Dean Faithful uh, on the mark at eight o'clock. Uh, mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet will join us, powered by Booster Juice. And hey, we got Darren Ravel back. Finally got him back. Uh, sports business reporter from the Action Network. He was on a plane last week. Couldn't make it. Uh, but he will be our uh, headliner of the day uh, for Mr. Reuter at 8.20. We'll have some open text line at 8.40. Uh, David Schlemko will uh, join us uh, for our Wednesday co-host uh, edition of the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, 9 to 11, Schlemmer will join us uh, for Cougar Paint and Collision, and uh, he will no doubt be talking a little bit about Mike, Mike Babcock and Paul Bissonnette. Uh, the King, the Gun, the Fire. At the top of the hour at 9 o'clock, Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet will guest with us. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of uh, open text line coming up later in the show. Uh, Schlemmer's going to try to hook up with an old teammate or two maybe in the back hour at 10 o'clock. We're also trying to hook up with someone out of Winnipeg to talk about uh, Adam Lowry being named uh, captain of the Jets yesterday so uh jam-packed show once again but when we come back we will check in with jesse rogers from espn on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 
Yeah, it should be the uh, Jays theme song as they head into the final couple of weeks of the season here. Toronto losing last night. Um, another second straight loss to Texas now. Leapfrog the Jays into wildcard on a tiebreaker. Um, well, let's bring in uh, Jesse Rogers from ESPN covering the uh, Major Leagues of Baseball out of Chicago. Jesse, welcome to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carries and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Uh, how are things in the Windy City today? Things are pretty good, pretty good, although the Cubs lost last mm-hmm. night, so not as happy around these parts as they have been for most of this season, or at least the second half. So uh, the weather's changing to fall, which means uh, playoff baseball's around the corner. We'll, we'll see if the Cubs make it, at least in these parts. Yeah, how surprised are you, Jesse, that the Cubs are in the thick of this wild card race? And actually, they're still sniffing around Milwaukee as well. I'm I'm a, I'm less surprised than probably most observers. I, I mean, look, they were ten under, so to say that I thought they were going to do this would be would be just you know lying to you because at ten under you can't be thinking about the playoffs. Sometimes, and this was in June, they were ten under, so it's been a fairly quick turnaround to ten over five hundred. But even when they were that bad, there were some numbers, especially offensively, that pointed to some some positive regression coming. Now, there was no guarantee it was going to come because you can have a whole fluky season on offense and it's just, that's it, you lose and you move on. But more than likely over the span of 162, things kind of even out when, when, when you have a few outliers. And offensively, not to get too, too much uh, into, the, into the rabbit hole here, they just were really bad in, in clutch moments. I mean, so bad, the worst in the league by far that there had to be some flukiness to it. So I, I kept saying on my own radio station, mm-hmm. I think they're going to inch back to 500, and they did that. What I didn't think is they're going to inch to 10 over 500 and in the playoff race. So I'm not shocked, but just a little bit surprised they've gone this far you know, to, to, to the playoff race, and really it looks like they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. ESPN's Jesse Rogers is with us uh, this morning. When they, you know, they were bringing up guys like Matt Mervis, who for all intents and purposes, they believe is their future first baseman, but he didn't work out and players like that. Was there a certain time when they thought, well, we can't let these guys play and keep kind of letting them learn on the fly because now we have a shot at doing something special here. Was there a certain time and what kind of indicated that, that they're kind of going for it this year? Well, I think it happened slowly. I think it's not just about, oh, we we, we don't have time for this or for that. It's it's what your eyes and the analytics tell you Matt Mervis was struggling in a way that he needed to go down. And so it was, it was more for him as much as it was for the team. There are other guys that are up here now that are, that even if they've struggled, they've, they've looked the part. And so you give them a chance to work their way through it. Um, So I, I, but, but in general, right around the trade deadline, they kind of understood. Look, we just went on an eight-game win streak. We, we've got to we've got to go for it in a sense. So they they went ahead and traded for Jamer Candelario and didn't move Cody Bellinger, for example, who's going mm-hmm. to be a free agent. So it was around the deadline they they sort of made that decision. But in terms of specific players, look, they have a good mix of young and old, and and the young guys who can handle the moment even through some struggles are up here. Mervis needed to go down to work on some things. So everybody's every individual has a different you know sort of storyline, but in general, it was the guys that could handle whatever they needed to be, whatever was asked of them up here, uh, who are who are sticking around. Um, and the latest one, of course, is Pete Crow Armstrong, who came up 
yeah. the last couple of days and looks great in center field. He's their top prospect. ESPN's Jesse Rogers is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. A two-parter for the pitching staff on the Cubs is um, how good is Justin Steele back, and do you think the Cubs will be getting Marcus Stroman back before playoffs if they get there? It sounds like Stroman's working his way back. I still have my doubts. I don't think he's going to be inserted into the rotation. I think he might be put into the bullpen, if at all. Um, but, yeah, he is working his way back. I just have my doubts on what kind of a role he's going to have. Um, things can change quickly. Um, he, he could be back within a week, and that, that gives him a couple weeks to, you know, the final two weeks of the season to prepare himself. But I, I don't feel like he's going to be a big part down the stretch if he is back. Justin Steele has been great. This is an emerging ace. Um, I thought of him as an emerging two or three, but he's moved into that ace category. I think he should win the Cy Young. Uh, and you got to watch him. He does it a little bit different. He, he does. He's not a five-pitch pitcher as a starter. He's mm-hmm. really a two-pitch pitcher, fastball slider, but that fastball does so many different things. It looks different to righties and lefties. He goes up and down, left and right, in and out. He's, he acts like a veteran. He pitches like a veteran. And he just has an interesting fastball that he doesn't even know sometimes what he's doing with it. It just kind of does its own thing, but he gets a lot of weak contact, a lot of swing and miss. I think he should be the favorite for the Cy Young. I'm not sure if he's going to win it, but he's on a team in the playoff hunt, and he's as good as anyone in the league. So that. That gets my vote, but I don't have a vote. Yeah, uh, some good candidates for well. Everyone uh, assumed the Mets would be there. Everyone assumed San Diego would be there. They're not. Other teams like Cincinnati, Arizona are sniffing, Miami sniffing around. Um, do you kind of, are you leading towards, besides the Cubs getting in here, another team that you think that will maybe surge down the stretch and solidify a wild card spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is recency bias. I just saw the Diamondbacks up close in Chicago for four. They beat the Cubs three out of four, and uh, they impressed me. They, they, excuse me, I wrote about them today at ESPN.com, and they came into Chicago at exactly the right time when summer turned to fall. And what I mean by that is it was pitchers' um, days at Wrigley Field the last few. And as I think about September and October baseball, we know it kind of the, the run scoring comes down, and the Diamondbacks are built for that kind of baseball. They run the bases like crazy. They play great defense, especially in the outfield. And the Diamondbacks caused all sorts of chaos and won three or four from the Cubs. I think they're they're sort of built for this kind of this time of year in this kind of baseball. So I think the Diamondbacks and Cubs are the two teams that are in it now and they're gonna hang on and, and, and stay in the race. I mean Cincinnati's so young and doesn't have enough pitching to be honest. And mm-hmm. even though they're right there, I, I just don't think they're gonna make it and uh, I think San Francisco's kind of built on a house of cards. They can—they're a good team. They're just not an, uh, uh, one of the better teams. They can beat all the bad teams in the league, but they can't beat the good teams, in my opinion. I think they're just—you know—they're a star away from being a, a, a playoff caliber team. So I, I think it's the teams in the wild card race right now: Philadelphia, Chicago, and Arizona. But again. There's some recency bias in in in, mm-hmm. um, in that math in that math equation I just put out there. Yeah, for sure. If you've got a question or comment uh, regarding wildcard baseball, uh, shoot one off to us at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Jesse Rogers from ESPN is our guest. Uh, before we get to the American League wildcard, let's just stick in Chicago and um, the White Sox again, a team that I think a lot of people had higher hopes for, but a team that is in disarray. Front office changes. 
can this team, is it even close to turning it around, Jesse? No. No, and that's saying something because a year ago they were one of uh, baseball's darling teams, but it's just cratered, and I, I think they're trying to do a quick fix, and I think actually that's a mistake. It, mm-hmm. It's going to push them back even further. Um, they need to do a, a complete autopsy on their organization, but the owner's not willing to do that. So he's trying this quick fix, promoting from within. Um, Pedro Grafal, the manager who I was uh, sort of endorsing back in December when he got the job, I thought it was a good hire has not looked impressive at all. Um, I think you learn a lot through adversity, and it, I, have, doesn't, I don't feel like I've learned good things about the manager, and, and I'm being kind. I think there's a lot more criticism out there about him. So uh, I think they're in trouble. And you mentioned San Diego, New York, uh, the White Sox. I mean, it's all different situations, but I think it's a reminder that um, it's not just about prospect rankings or payroll. Um, when you build a team, it has the parts have to fit. The sum has to be better than the parts. In all three of those cases, there's many parts on those teams that are good, but the sum wasn't good enough. And I, I think it's something front offices are going to be reminded of as they hand out these 10-year contracts, even to mm-hmm. star players. Does this player have a great desire to win? Does he fit into our team-building situation? Can he be a leader when he's making so much more than the manager? Um, because that's inherently what they have to do. These guys have to lead. So I, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from teams like the White Sox, the Padres, and the Mets, different lessons, but they all uh, end up in the same conclusion. Team building is as important as prospect rankings or team payroll or any of those things that we talk about um, compared to the things we don't talk about enough, and that's character and desire to win and love of the game which, again, you know, go back 100 years, that's always been part of the game, but it feels like analytics and other things have taken over a little bit. I think there's a lesson to be learned from all these teams. For sure. One last one uh, before we get to the AL wildcard for Jesse Rogers from ESPN Chicago-related and White Sox-related. What happened to Tim Anderson? Won the batting title three, four years ago. Doesn't even look like he's uh, a major league caliber player anymore. What happened to him? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I I don't think I've ever seen um, such poor shortstop play out of a former All-Star, a player that made Team USA this year, played in the WBC this year, and I thought that was going to elevate his game. He's gone the opposite direction. Now, he has had some off-the-field problems, which he has talked about a little bit. Everyone in Chicago knows about it. He's had some issues with his family uh, that he created, and I feel like he's been distracted. Now, nobody can prove that. There's no statistic that can prove that. But my eyes don't lie to me. He, it looks like he's been distracted. But it goes also back to the culture of the White Sox, which has been well documented over, these last month or, over this last month or two. There, there's not a culture of, of, of nurturing here. There isn't a culture of bringing, bringing a guy back into the fold who's having some problems, right? That's what a, a great culture does. Hey, man, we're here for you. Let, let's let's yeah. get through this together, and sometimes that can elevate your game. Pete Rose famously had a 44-game hit streak in one of his worst years personally, going through a divorce and things like that. Like, you know, everyone reacts differently, but a great team culture and organization can help bring you bring you back into the fold and, and, and get the best out of you. I mean, that's just my opinion. There's no stats or anything to back that up. Right. But he's just had a terrible, terrible year. Probably needs a change of scenery. 
And uh, we'll see if that comes. The team has an option on his contract for next year, so a lot of moving parts there. But he's been awful, and I, 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 you guys see it from yeah. a distance, so I, I know that it, everybody sees it. Yeah, kind of surprised he wasn't moved at the deadline, as we guessed with uh, Jesse Rogers from ESPN. Let's move over to the American League wildcard uh, race. Not as many teams in it like the National League. Of course, uh, here in Canada, we are... Focused on the Blue Jays, uh, they've kind of gone in a little bit of a spin right now against uh, Texas, losing two straight to Texas uh, in Toronto. The Mariners uh, won last night, pounding uh, L.A., so Texas and Seattle move ahead of the Jays in the wild card uh, based on uh, head-to-head. Uh, have you been in, able to kind of keep an eye on the Blue Jays in particular, and what do you make of that American League wild card race, Jesse? No, I've kept an eye on the Blue Jays for sure. I've been on a bunch of stations in Canada, and I kind of say the same thing over these last couple of years. They're just a, a, a two right-handed lineup, and there's not enough balance. Them and the Yankees really should get into a bidding war for Cody Bellinger or Otani, for that matter, when they come on the market. They, they need a lefty or two to balance things out. That's kind of been my criticism of those two teams, and, and actually the White Sox of, uh, over the last few years. So the Yankees, the Blue Jays, White Sox, all very, very right-handed. Um, I don't know if this matters or not, but the Toronto Blue Jays are 12-25 and 25 against their own division. And after this, season, uh, after this series against the Rangers, they played 15 straight to end the season against the East. Uh, now, that 12-25 and 25 could be looked at two ways. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Or... That can't be real. We're going to come back. It's a positive regression is going to happen, like I was talking with the Cubs before, because I don't see any real reason they're 12 and 25, except that maybe they've been figured out with that very right-handed lineup. Teams in your division know you better than anyone, and maybe they know how to pitch the Blue Jays. We will find out over the last 15 games. So bottom line is Toronto is good but flawed. Um I think their starting pitching is a little bit overrated. I know the numbers are good. Um, They've survived without Alec Manoa. So I don't love the Blue Jays, but I do like them. And it's anybody's guess how things shape uh, shape up down the stretch here. But based on the history of this season, I, I don't know if I love their chances in those last 15 games. I feel like the Rangers' schedule isn't bad. I think they have a few off days and, you know, they get Cleveland, and then they get the Angels. So um, Toronto could be on the outside looking in. But, again, that AL West might beat up on each other here down the stretch. You know, Texas plays Seattle to finish the season. So, you know, um, I just don't love the Blue Jays. I like them. I want to love them. I think I picked them last mm-hmm. year to go to the World Series. But then I reminded myself they're too right-handed. So that's kind of how I view Toronto from from 30,000 feet. And one last one for you, uh, Jesse. What's, hap- what's happened to Vladimir Guerrero? What's happened to Vladdy? Yeah, I don't have a great answer uh, to you, except that he needs some left-handed protection around him. Uh, again, balance in the lineup um, would be a key thing. I'd have to dive into numbers a little bit more. Um, he, it came so easy early on. This happens often. I've seen it. you know. And, and then they figure you out a little bit, and you have to adjust back. He has such natural talent. Um but you've got to react to what's what's going on in front of you. I don't I don't have a great answer. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great answer. A little bit more protection from the left side would, would help. Some more balance, as I mentioned. Um, but I don't think this is like the beginning of something bad for Guerrero. I think 
he's due for a bounce back next year, and I could totally see it. Jesse, thanks for this, uh, and enjoy, I guess, the final few weeks of the season and the uh, wild card and pennant races. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, good luck to the Blue Jays up there, and uh, we'll talk soon. Very good. Uh, that's uh, Jesse Rogers from ESPN. Blue Jays take on Texas. Game three of that series is tonight, 5.07, first pitch hard time. The Jays will go up against uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, big lefty for the Rangers. Uh, when we come back, we will hook up with Edmonton Elks kicker, cult hero, YouTube sensation, internet sensation, Dean Faithful, when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. That's awesome. The Duke comes through with a little uh, British invasion for our next guest. Uh, Yes, uh, very cool intro. Uh, Let's welcome in uh, Dean Faithful, Edmonton Elks kicker, the toast of the town. And, uh, you know, uh, so many views on um, social media. Uh, Dean, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Really good this morning. Yeah, really good. Uh, How are you? Yeah, great to hear your voice. Uh, we talked a little bit at uh, camp uh, when I was working over in TV, and, and it's good to kind of have you on uh, on the show here. So what's the week been like for you after Saturday night? You boot the big field goal, and then you had the Queen's Wave and uh, the dressing room celebration. What's uh, the last few days been like for you? Yeah, good. I mean... The, the last couple of days have been, you know, business as usual, back to normal and preparing for Friday. But, you know, we we celebrated appropriately after the game, you know, as, as you've seen in the videos, um, <laughs> and enjoyed the moment. And I think that's what was most important for me is to see some of them boys get, get a moment like that, especially the ones that have been around a few years. And then... Yeah, on top of that, to see the fans have mm-hmm. so much fun as well, and so that was that was really important. So, I mean, yeah, the last few days, obviously, I've been happy and and uh, feel very confident going into this week. But you know, quickly switched the mind over to to Friday's game. To be honest. For sure. Dean Faithful is our guest on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. The Elks uh, travel to Saskatchewan tomorrow to take on the Riders on Friday. Uh, another big game. The Riders were pasted by Winnipeg, and all of a sudden uh, the Elks kind of have things uh, cooking a little bit here in the last few weeks. Um, can you give uh, our listeners a little bit about your background, uh, Dean, where you're from, and kind of how you got here? Yeah, sure. So, you know, Grew up in Southampton, England, on the south coast of England, and originally grew up playing uh, soccer, you know, what I used to call football. Uh, I've got pretty good at, at switching over now and have no problem calling it soccer and football. <laughs> but um, yeah, grew up playing soccer, um, played at Florida Tech, and then went around the world a little bit playing soccer. So I was in Australia two years, Costa Rica. Belgium, Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, yeah, I had my four years at Florida Tech, and that's where Florida Tech is where my football journey started. Um, actually, by accident, it was an old soccer coach who happened just to say, you know, are you interested in being a kicker? Um, Florida Tech need a kicker, and uh, you'd be good. So, and this was at 30, 33 years of age, and I. Uh, you know, at first I kind of laughed, and but I, I took the opportunity to go to a tryout and did really well. And so I was offered a scholarship to go to Florida Tech, but then they cancelled their program 
And long story short, I ended up at Colorado State Pueblo. Had a season there. And then once I graduated, I gave myself a year. I thought, you know, I would love to play professional and, and uh, give this a go. And, you know, I got my head down and everyone thought I was, I was crazy. You know, and, and what's Dean doing kicking, kicking footballs? And, <laughs> you know, I just kept my head down and worked and eventually got my opportunity to come to the Elks. You know, I went to a tryout in L.A. I, I, I saved saved some money up and mm-hmm. headed over to L.A. and stayed in the hostel for the night and had my tryout with the Elks. And, well, the rest is history. Now, now I'm here. Well, and we're glad to have you here for sure. Dean Faithful, Elks kicker, uh, joins us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Um, what have you thought of your first year in the CFL? What you, have you thought of the game, the atmosphere, the league, uh, just your general impressions of uh, being uh, a 36-year-old rookie in the CFL? Yeah, I just feel so lucky. The CFL has been great. You know, the the Elks has been great. You know, I love the every stadium I've been in has has been exciting to play in. I've been in some. We've been in some close games. You know, away from home as well, and the atmospheres have been been great. So you know, I do my best to soak in the positive moments. Being thirty six and having. You know, understanding that this game doesn't last forever for, mm-hmm. for everyone, and it's um, I'm just I'm loving it, just loving the opportunity. I don't take a day for granted. You know, I, I turn up and I work hard every day, and, and make sure I'm doing the right things to try and uh, contribute to the team positively, and just just soak it soak it all in because you just never know how you know how long it's going to last. If you've got a question or comment for uh, Elks kicker Dean Faithful, fire us off a text at 1-833-401-1440. Dean, what was the reaction from your friends and family back home in the UK um, after Saturday night? Yeah, I, I mean, I had a, I had so many messages and support that I've, I've probably still not got through them all and responded. Uh, but my... A couple of friends, my brother, my dad, one of my best friends, um, have all been staying up in the middle of the night to watch the games because they're <laughs> seven hours ahead. So actually, I was I was talking to them at four a.m. <laughs> um, and you know, I appreciate them so much for staying up uh, and watching. They nearly went to bed at halftime, oh. and I wouldn't have blamed them. Um, but I guess I, uh, I'm glad they stayed up. Um, my mum did go to bed and she said <laughs> she woke up to my dad screaming thinking the house was on fire. <laughs> um, <but> it, <laughs> so that was that was funny to hear because uh, you know, I don't think my dad gets too excited about anything. So it's really nice to you know, to see he's excited about the sport and me playing here. And they're learning the game too. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a ton of support and a ton of messages and um, usually my, my girlfriend's in Denver but she, she was here at home watching the game so she got to experience that and share that with me too Your buddies over there weren't having a few pints were they? <laughs> Probably to be honest <laughs> it was, uh, they, they, they've been up they've stayed up on a few Thursday night games they've stayed up on a few Sunday games you know meaning they have work the next day but this was a Saturday 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure they were enjoying themselves. Texter comes in uh, at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Question for you from Jiffy: What's your favorite thing about Edmonton so far? Have you had a chance to explore our city? Yeah, as much as I much as I could. You know, I do. I, I don't live too far from the stadium, so I spend a lot of time just backwards and forwards and, and focusing on football. But I think the favourite thing is uh, down by the river. I'm a bit of a bit of a nature boy, mm-hmm. so I'll always try and seek out the nature. Um, so I, I always go down to the river and do the river walk. We've done canoeing down there as a team, which is great fun. But yeah, no, really enjoying the city. Um, just enjoying the, the people, and it's my first time in Canada too. So, mm-hmm. heard, you know, you always hear that Canadian people are really friendly, and you know, I can say that's true. You guys are a really uh, friendly bunch. So, loved Edmonton so far. Matt in Leduc has a question on our text line at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty for our guest Dean Faithful, Elks kicker Matt Wright says a thirty six year old rookie has anyone tried to give him the nickname Old Faithful? <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> uh, it, actually back in college that was mentioned a few times, and then uh, Coach Chris Jones mentioned it the other day. He said, that's your new nickname, Old Faithful. <laughs> well, I said, hey, that works for me. But I think it's fitting in, yeah, like you said, in, in, in a couple of ways. Um, happy for that to be a nickname mm-hmm. <laughs> and stick. You know, the age thing doesn't bother me. I, I'm fully aware of my age. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a fun nickname. Happy for that to stick if that one if that's if that's to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's the season been like for you starting 0-9? Um, trying to stay positive, trying to remain, um, you know, just with that outlook that, you know what, it's a long season, but um, sometimes things don't go your way and things didn't go the Elks way for several months, but it seems like things are turning around. How have you approached uh, the whole season from an 0-9 start to where you are now, Dean? Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously starting 0-9, it's not easy, you know, and um, I've been in many professional environments, you know, including soccer, and where we've been on losing streaks, and it, it it can make things a little more difficult, you know, the the atmosphere around the changing room and just everything in general, you know, you, you're constantly hearing negative comments. But what I will say, to be fair to our group of boys, is we never wavered in that positive attitude. You know, and if you'd seen our locker room on a daily basis, you know, although the work ethic was there, the boys were getting in early watching film, we knew the record, but, you know, we, nothing changed as far as our outlook and we knew we could turn things around and we knew the team we, we could be. So, you know, all respect to the boys for just staying positive and being really resilient. And obviously now, you know, I think obviously with Trey coming in, big spark in the team and everyone loves that and the offence is, is producing and then the, the defence is doing their job when they need to and and then from from my point of view, you know, if I can just keep making my kicks and that's the best way I respect the team and uh, contribute to the team. So yeah, it's just all come together in, in the last few games 
Um, but but we've always had that belief and we've always knew we could be this kind of team. Our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 is Elks kicker Dean Faithful. And Dean, uh, one uh, other text coming in. What was the mindset going into that last kick knowing that you had missed uh, one earlier? I believe that was an extra point, correct? It was, yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, it was disappointing in the moment because, you know, I fully expect to make extra points and sometimes it goes wrong and that's that's the life of a kicker and that's I think that's why I am a kicker because I'm mm-hmm. prepared to be in those situations you know I'm prepared to accept the the negativity when it comes when I miss and accept the the praise when I do make it and yeah for me on the sideline I just had to quickly switch my mindset you know I had my moment of disappointment where you know I, I knew making that extra point would, would help us mm-hmm. a lot more. But also knew that, okay, you might have an opportunity to go and win this soon. So switch your mindset, next play, and just focused on the sideline. I didn't talk to anybody. I could feel the cameras on me, but I just knew to just keep myself to myself and, and be be in the moment. And that's all I did. And to be honest, once I was out there, I wasn't nervous. And I didn't really think much, you know. You, I've been in that situation as far as kicking a ball, yeah. you know, thousands of times, and just trusted that I could get the job done. So I, I was really confident in that moment, and I think that was really helpful. Like you said, coming off missing the extra point, which was disappointing for me personally, um, just to be confident in my ability. And yeah, from there, from then on, once you hit that ball, it's it's up to God and the football gods. And luckily, yeah. Uh, went right through the middle. It, it sure did, uh, Dean. And we hope you can uh, knock another one through on Friday night in Saskatchewan uh, that wins a game. Maybe it's not that close, uh, but uh, and maybe we'll see the Queen's Wave once more uh, Friday in Regina. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Elks kicker Dean Faithful. The Elks take on the Riders in Saskatchewan on Friday night, uh, looking to make it to two in a row. At the top of the hour, we will hook up with Sportsnet's Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice before we go to break. Time now for uh, Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and, of course, Sundays. And you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.